Good evening and welcome to this very special edition of Open Air, celebrating the International Day of No Self-Hate and the Guide's 80th birthday. Welcome Ashwini and welcome Jen. Hey Michael. Thank you Michael. Hi. And Ashwini, I'll turn it over to you. Thank you Michael. Um, We celebrate many milestones today, 40 years of practice. 25 years of going beyond self-hate, 10 years since we gave up feeling bad, and of course the guide's 80th birthday. And for this occasion, Sherry sent out a recording that invited us to explore how doing this practice, how doing the work of going beyond self-hate transforms a life. In the next two hours, we will hopefully hear from many people in Sangha how this has been their experience. We were given the gift of this practice, and in our transformation, give the gift back to practice and to the embodiment of this practice, the guide. So, looking forward to this exploration, maybe we could start off with perhaps Jen and Michael um, sharing what they saw from the recording. Sure. Shall I get started, Ashwini? Wonderful, Jen. And if you want to say a few words, please before we start. Yeah. Um, so I saw, well, first of all, I saw so much. But in the spirit of distilling it down, because hopefully we'll get to hear from a lot of people, because I'm sure we all saw a ton, the thing that moved me the most when I was exploring it was I could absolutely touch into the level of suffering that happened for me before practice. I could clearly see you know, see myself all those years ago. And for me, the the really signature piece of it was anxiety, a really high level of of anxiety a lot of the time, even in, you know, somewhat to the extent that I didn't even realize it. It just, you know, was sort of the water I swam in. But as I looked at that, of the transformation and the trajectory of that transformation as the assignment um, walked, what moved me so much was that I could see that from the very start, the authenticity was there, the goodness was there. And that that's actually what brought me to practice. And I think the thing that that put me in touch with was a tremendous sense of gratitude for how often I actually live that experience of that authenticity. That isn't something that wasn't there before, but it was something that was so covered over. And the gratitude I have for having such so much more access to that and realizing, being able to experience that authenticity. Well, that, that is moving, right, Jen? That not, I think we were touching on it in the morning show. And simply to, to, to see ourselves the way practice sees us yes. is the celebration it's, of the that's practice. That's well said. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Thank you. And Michael? Yeah, that was fabulous. And what touched me from what Jen was sharing was the gratitude. Um, And in the recording, God was talking about recognizing the process of ego and seeing that as a process that happens only in my mind, in the mind, and then starting to see the possibility of life as it really is in actuality. And to have a concrete way to go beyond self-hate 
um, is incredible. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. I had some challenging circumstances today, and to have the practice to draw on the experience of practice, have the knowledge of, you know, life as it is, reality as it is, is just, it's incredibly freeing. And, uh, you know, the chance to save one human being is an incredible opportunity. Mm-hmm. Yes, and what I hear you saying, right, uh, Michael, is it, it, and I think this is something you've said so often, which is that we, we know the way to be with ourselves and to be with circumstances and situations that arise, and that's the gift of the practice, right? We have a practice, and if we, we do the practice, and then we're, we're able to live whatever circumstances that, are, that arise for us to face. Yes, yes, exactly. Thanks, Ashwini. Yeah. Thank you, Michael. And what, what that, uh, that both of those conversations kind of trigger for me is it's often said that practice sees the authenticity and holds our hearts until we can hold it for ourselves. And I think, as you pointed out, Jen, that that's really what you, you, you got to the place where you can hold your heart to yourself. You could see that and you have access to it. And as Michael pointed out, the way we do that is what this practice gives us as well, right? On an ongoing encounter with Absolutely. life. Absolutely. Yeah. And you know, the, just the last piece of it that really touched me when you said that, Ashwini, was there was a conversation in, in the morning show recently where someone was talking about feeling like the, the back of the V, you know, that image of the bird mm-hmm, flying mm-hmm, in a V. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that what we get to is um, it's not a linear process. So there mm-hmm. will be times where I need, you know, where I depend on the Sangha to carry me. There will be. It's just that's how it works. And there's no, what Sherry said in that interaction that was so moving is there's no bad place in the V to be. There's no wrong place. Mm-hmm. And that's another piece mm-hmm. of, I think, the humility maybe that we get to is there's so much transformation and we always need Sangha. We always need guidance. We always need the practice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's and it's, it's sort of why we have the three jewels, and it becomes yeah. a lived experience, not an abstraction. Yep. Mm-hmm. All right, maybe we can um, hear from our first caller. All right, let me find our first caller here. First caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Uh, yes, this is Jackie from New Hampshire. Hey, Jackie. Hi, Jen. Um, so I just wanted to call and in the um, recognition of the guy's birthday and um, just celebrating the day of no self-hate, I just wanted to say how much I enjoyed the recording that um, she left for us mm. to practice with and um, how much it just it helps me be aware of my ability to choose um, presence over ego and just that support to do that mm-hmm. in every every time I come back to being here, whether it's a, um, a morning call or a recording or just um, something that will drop in. Um, I'm just very grateful for that. Mm, that's well put, Jackie. That, so it sounds like for you, one of the big pieces is really touching into the gratitude for being able to make that choice. Because that's, yeah. that's the choice that before practice, well, I project for most of us who come to practice, there's an intuition that that's possible, but maybe we had no idea what that intuition was pointing us towards. 
but we find practice and there's a sense of, oh, okay, there's a process happening here, a suffering process, and there's a choice and we can train to make that choice. Yes, yes. And just the um, reminders, um, the constant reminders that there's nothing wrong um, and that whatever happens, that we can choose to not let self-hate have access to us. Um, it's just it's a wonderful, yeah. wonderful gift. That is a gift. No matter what happens, it's unconditional. Yes. No matter what happens, we cannot let self-hate have access to us. And yeah. that's, I yeah. mean, boy, is that a at least for me, that's been a process to learn that. That's a really um, challenging thing to do. Um, yeah. But to, that we can do it, that we can let, no matter what happens, we can train to not let self-hate have access to us. Yeah, yeah. And if for something happens and something drops in and for some reason we are not able to go with it, whatever's dropping in, or um, maybe yep. ego, um, we get identified, at that point, we can still choose the no self-hate and come back. Um, That's so, brilliant. Yeah. Yep. yep. Wherever, including if, okay, so I realize that I've indulged self-hate. Great. I realize that. I'm back. I don't indulge self-hate about that. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's right. so yeah. good. So, so wonderful. So Excellent. Thank you so much. Thanks for starting us off, Jackie. Thanks for joining us, Jackie. And Ashwini and Jen, I'll let you take from here. If you want to bring another oh, caller on. Oh. Or... Yes, please. Let's, Michael. Okay, great. Next caller, you are now live. Yeah, this there. is uh, Ken. Please introduce yourself. Hello? Hey, Ken. Can you hear me? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is Ken uh, from Central California. <laughs> I'm actually calling from a tab tablet because I had a... Uh, uh, call I was waiting for on my phone, and so I downloaded quickly downloaded the uh, start meeting in my uh, tablet. I'm actually uh, this year has had uh, a lot of uh, challenges, and without this practice, it would have. Um, gosh, I don't know. The self hate would have just had a had a, uh, a field day, and uh, right now I'm. Uh, Sitting in a parking lot out of uh, San Francisco Airport, waiting for somebody who got stuck in immigration. They called me about an hour and a half ago and asked me a lot of questions. And <laughs> so, talk about not being in control. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes. Well, and what I hear you say in, in that, right, Ken? It, first of all, the can-do attitude, right? It's one of the things that practice teaches us. Let's focus on how to make it work, not how, not what's wrong with anything. That's, that's part of the work of going beyond self-hate. This is a situation I have to attend to, and I'm going to make it work. So I'm sitting in a parking lot having downloaded Start Meeting on my tablet in order to participate in something that is dear to my heart, in order to say, this is, this is what has made a difference in my life. Thank you. Yeah, it, it really has. And, uh, you know, that was a good... Uh uh, reading on that too. I, I really hadn't looked at it in that way, but yeah, uh, conditioning definitely would have said, "Well, look, I can't be on the call. I, I got to wait for this, you know, important call." So uh, mm -hmm. yeah, no, and no. Yes, yes, and it's so you, you know, Ken. I think that it's what we probably uh, what we what what conditioning would never tell us the story of our lives as being transformed. It's the focus is continu continuously on what's wrong with me. It never changes, right? So if we consult it, 
we haven't gone beyond self-hate. We haven't transformed. We haven't reaped the benefits of this practice. But that's the exploration that we've been invited to do by the guide, which is you have been a practitioner for so long. You have done the work. You have shown up. You've participated in life. Cons- look at that. Consult that to see how, what, what the transformation is in you. And, and it's there in how you relate that story, right? In the behavior, yeah. in who yeah. you are. The person who would download the tablet in the middle of a parking lot, pick up the phone in order to participate in the practice that you care about. And I, I, this uh, last couple of weeks, I, I don't know what the shift was, but I've just had some fabulous experiences with, with you know, a lot of things uh, going on that, you know, uh, to Ken that wants to have things his way or wants to control things or wants uh, an outcome a certain way wouldn't have been acceptable, but just uh, being with life. And uh, it, it's just amazing what opportunities uh, show up and what you can do when you're actually there for them. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. That the, 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 e- the ego, if I heard what you said, I think you said Ken, who wants to be in control and who wants a certain outcome, is no longer the operator in the play, right? You're not being controlled by that ego. On the contrary, here you are, present, able to be with whatever is arising in life and being responsive to that. Yeah, I, I can't say I never backslide, but uh, at least I know there's another side now, and I know how great it feels to not have conditioning um, mm-hmm. um, just yeah. pointing out all my faults <laughs> and everything right. I did. That's right. <laughs> uh, our last conversation with that caller, we now have a choice. We know we have a choice when we previously didn't think we had a choice, and we are more, more and more able to make that choice. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and uh, yeah, this morning I, I, it was kind of a breakthrough. I, I, uh, I think my allergies were flaring up. I wasn't feeling that good, and it was just, it was like conditioning was trying to take an advantage of that. And, and I went outside and did a little exercise, and it was just like uh, the sky opened up. Mm-hmm. Redirect your attention. Yep, redirect the attention. Yeah, because it had me for a little bit. So uh, it's nice to know there is a window to open. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes. So it's nice to know there's always another window open. Thanks, Ken. Thank you so much. And Ken, I am not able to mute you. So if you could mute yourself or hang up and call back in, that'd be great. And Jen Ashwini, you ready for the next caller? Ready. Thanks, Michael. Okay. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Christine in Oregon. Hi, Christine. Hi, Jen. Hi. Gosh, it's so exciting. I I can get so excited. It's Sherry's birthday. Happy birthday. And here we all are. (laughs) Right? (laughs) I was feeling the same way, Christine. It just, yeah, it just feels like, oh, here's the day. We're we're in this day. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. The part that the part I guess that I would say that I practice with a lot is keeping the custody of my own attention custody of my attention and getting back to 
this one human. And and back to you know well it's yeah and it's basically getting my get my attention can be oh so distracted all over the place and getting my atten- custody of my own attention being here and yeah with that thou art or with authenticity over yeah. and over yeah and you know Christine that's that's really it, isn't it? It feels like, um, you know, one of the most famous quotes of our particular practice is the quality of your life is determined by the focus of your attention. Mm-hmm. And so how fitting that when you look to see, you know, kind of that, the transformation for you, that what you really see is the ability to direct attention, that that really mm-hmm. is the core of it, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I and one more thing, which is I had an experience this week that um, so I could I could tell self hate was creeping in. Something I was being told something not very nice. I don't even remember what it is, but it what it didn't feel. It didn't. Oh, my alarm just went off for no self. Me too, Christine. <laughs> yes. Yay. How fun is that? Let's just pause for a minute and take that in. Yes. Here we are on this call and how many alarms are going off on people's cell phones yeah. right now as we're gathered <laughs> for this day. <laughs> That's Yay. too fun. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I, with technology yeah. what it is now, the the you know, that it happens literally simultaneously, right? Because all that's being mm-hmm. synchronized by satellites or however that all works. So anyway, <laughs> that's a very fun Sangha moment. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and I was just saying that I I would, um, I had to stand. I, I just had a, a visualization of, of authenticity, you know, standing between something vulnerable in me, something going on, and self-hate, and I would, and I had to stand up in the middle and say, "No, no, you're not. You're not going to. Yeah. You're not going to do anything to her. You know, you're not going yeah. to hurt her. You're not going to say these things. You're not going to. You're not going to hurt her. No. Yeah. You're <laughs> not yeah. doing that. Yeah. There's the. Yeah. There's the. No matter what happens, part of it, right? Yeah. And that's so. It's so amazing, Christine. That first of all, that. You know, I forget how you said it exactly, but that you just, you had a sense, wait a minute, self-hate starting to come in here. Mm-hmm. So you're trained to recognize that, and you know what it is. You know that that's self-hate. And even, mm-hmm. you know, I project for all of us, there are times where whatever it's saying feels really believable. I mean, that's why it's mm-hmm. saying it to us, right? Because it's choosing the thing that will be believable to me. But yep. you're trained to recognize it. You're trained to recognize what it is, and you're trained to do that, to stand up and say, no, no, I will not mm-hmm. let that happen. And, and that you become that which can come between this lovely human being and that self-hatred mm-hmm. that wants to make that, that life suffering. And you just come in and say, no, yeah. we won't have it. Yep. Yeah. Yes, thank you. Oh, thank you. Lovely. Thanks for sharing the 418 moment with us. Yay, yes. My pleasure. <laughs> Yay. <laughs>
Okay. Take Thanks, care. Christine. Go happy. Take care. Go happy. Thanks for joining us, Christine. And I have another caller here. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Austin. Hi, Hi, how beautiful to be here. How happy I am. Happy, happy everything. Um, (laughs) Happy everything. Amen to that. I was listening to the to the to the to the imagery. I don't know if it's the right word, and I was uh, really thinking about uh, how thankful I am and how practice has changed my life, and also about how it's helping me right now explore a totally new phase because. Uh, my life has changed a lot, a lot, a lot since I started practicing. And, and some of the challenges I had when I started, I'm sure it's the same content, but I don't recognize it now. So I really think now I'm dealing with totally different stuff than when I started. And, um, mm-hmm. and so I have moments when I really feel, oh my God, I'm starting all over again. And uh, and uh, it's not the happiest of time for me, but uh, I feel so, so well for the fact that I can admit it, I can trust Sangha, I can say, you know, I was unhappy before, trust, before practice. Then I was happy for many, many years, but lately, I had some periods of very serious unhappiness, and uh, and it's okay. I I keep looking, I keep practicing, uh, and I know that it's something. It's new challenges that came up when when they had to come up, you know. So it's it's okay, and I feel supported. Mm. Well, and thank you for for that, uh, Sota, because the the. The, the, the temptation is to basically say that if I'm a practitioner, it's all going to be rainbows and leprechauns, and it's not, right? That's not the transformation that happens is more, is so much more along the lines that you're talking about. So there's, we come to practice because there's a particular suffering content, and then we learn the tools of the practice, and then we apply it, and we are transformed because the suffering in certain areas of content drops away. But that doesn't mean that we are uh, that that we never have to face difficult circumstances, or there isn't karma that we're still here to clean up that we don't encounter. None of it. The difference is not between I'm happy and I'm unhappy. The difference is that there is a a sense of being grounded. At least that's what I project. You're saying a sense of being grounded in a context. Uh, of Sangha and of, of the Dharma and of guidance. And that structure is so much a part of who you are and the life that you live that it's available to you as you meet the challenges. And it wasn't available to you when you were deeply unhappy before. But having that makes all the difference because you're not alone. You don't have to do it by yourself. It, you may be unhappy but there is that sense of well-being that comes from this is just a process. 
I don't know how it is. I don't know if I'll be happy again or not. But I have seen this pattern of challenge and transcendence before, and I know how to go through with it. And it's such a relief. Exactly. And uh, what is another relief uh, is that uh, I don't feel uh, I have to perform with um, with Sangha and with you. You know, so so if I... What uh, a relief indeed, right? It's okay. yes. Everywhere else, yes, but here Everywhere I can else, say yes, it exactly. as it is. Exactly, exactly. And, I, and I, it's such a difference, you know, to not to feel judged, not to have to be sparkly if one isn't. And, and I'm finding out so many different um, nuances of behavior, like feeling so thankful and moved and happy to be here and, and happy of the day and for Sherry. And at the same time, not being like... Uh, happy like a butterfly in a field, you know, like, you know, just being myself the way I'm being now, you know, I I don't know if I... Yes, and I I hear three things in that on a principal level, right? The first is that that the the feeling of happiness for Sherry or for the guide or for this practice or being here or being moved by Sangha there are, there is a, it's an, un, happiness being unconditional in some way, right? There's a discovery that, there is a discovery of a, of an experience of life that is all of life multi, simultaneously. There's some parts of it that are, hap, that, you know, make you feel a certain way and some parts of it that don't make you feel a certain way or make you feel a certain way and it doesn't matter. That's what life is. Life is all of it. Exactly. Not just one way it needs to be that I'm conditioned to expect and feel awful if it isn't. Because that's what fell away for you, right? There is no need to perform. There is no need to be somebody who is a happy person. Rather, exactly. I'm happy that this is what I'm happy for and this is what is challenging and I'm practicing with it. And that allows me to be in compassionate acceptance of me and everything that's going on, and that's the transformation. And it's really co- projecting compassionate acceptance towards me from you guys, and that allows me to to be in compassionate acceptance. And I mm-hmm. haven't, I don't know other places in my life where where I feel that. Maybe there mm-hmm. is, but I'm not aware of it. And it's so beautiful. It's such a relief. I, I'm really mm-hmm. thankful. Yes, yes. That when we're being child, when we we are going through a challenging time, that there's a mirror for me that I could look into that allows me to know it's all all right. Yeah, that mirror exactly. I can't find in myself, and to have some place where that uh, where that reassurance is in a, that context is held up for me to experience until I can find it for myself again. It's such a relief. It's such it's a pleasure and refuge. Yeah. Really, really, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Thank and you. And I'm so glad that today is the day of no self-hate. I'm so glad. I, uh, it's so fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, take care. Thank you. thank you. Thanks for joining us. It's so time. And, and my uh, thoughts, I might... Sorry, yes, just please. quickly, before we go on to the next caller, I just wanted to say... 
that I'm so glad, Ashwini, that Isota brought that. Well, I mean, the conversation was incredible. But that piece of a little bit of what we were saying earlier on the show of, you know, we're going to be in some portion of that Sangha V all the time in different places. And that we're not trying to get to a certain place. I just love that Isota brought in that, that piece of, you know, I worked with this, I saw all these things, you know, I felt really whatever, happy. And then you go through really hard times again. And to get to that larger place where you realize all of that's part of it and it's all completely all right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and what I saw in, in, in that conversation with the Sota, which didn't come out in the facilitation, was simply the identity that drops away, that I have to be mm-hmm. somebody who's to, on yes. top of it all and that I have yeah. to be a happy person. I mean, that, that invitation yeah. that practice gives us that it's not, that's not what, we don't have to be a person of any kind. Yeah. In fact, we're all yeah. in this in order for the person to dissolve so I can just be with yeah. life however it is. Yeah. In fact, that reminds me just quickly of one other piece I saw in that conversation too, which is that image I sometimes get um, of, because she mentioned, you know, really seeing through a certain thing and then it feels like there's this other thing that's sort of delivered and that that place of, you know, the more adept we are at moving through things like that, I mean, who knows how it works, but it's easy to project that there's sort of a sense of, all right, great, you know, here's someone who's practicing awareness. You know, if we're burning away karma, here's someone who's working to burn away karma. So, you know, more things head our way and we get to work through them. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, Michael. Ready. Okay, great. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Liesl, calling in from New Hampshire. Hey, Hey. Liesl. Hi. Uh, I'm very delighted to be here, and um, I think... I'm sitting in a place of gratitude for having, for life having sort of pushed me into a place where I had to really like just throw myself at the feet of practice almost and um, appreciation for the, for the commitment that I've really shown to, to coming home to myself over the past few months and like the beauty that is unfair folding from that commitment to practice. Oh, oh what a beautiful um, continuation and deepening of that conversation we were just having. Because <laughs> mm. that's, that's really it, right? So it sounds like going through something that's really, really challenging and that what it has called forth for you is, I mean, that's, a, that's an amazing image, putting yourself at the feet of practice. You know, just that sense of, all right, you know, the suffering becomes so much mm. that it actually becomes almost this invitation to go deeper into that, you know, what we were just talking about, letting go of, you know, what, whatever form that takes, what I want, you yeah. know, the control that Ken was pointing at, whatever form that takes, that getting to that space of just putting the whole thing at the feet of practice. Yeah, that quality of like complete surrender and then yeah. um, 
the beauty, uh, <laughs> the, that feeling of being so held yeah. as you surrender into it. And yeah. the, 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 uh, the magnitude, I think, at this point of our practice offerings, I mean, there's, it just, there's <laughs> so much, right? It's just, I'm, yeah. I feel so supported. Uh, and, and everything, right, when you're in that place where you're open to it, everything is just sort of, you just feel like you're being guided along. Like, like you know, when Sherry talks about that tractor beam kind of pulling you in, it just feels like you're just being guided home. And I think even over the past two weeks, like this process of, real compassionate acceptance. I think I've seen for the first time how really accepting what is so is the most direct way to get out of the suffering conversation with ego. Like it has no ammunition if you're just like, okay, yeah, yeah, this is happening. It's really hard, blah, 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 whatever. It's okay. Like, I'm here with this human, and I have this beautiful sangha and these teachings, and it's going to be okay. Um, yeah. And yeah. that, that and, and, yeah. Go ahead. And that. No, I'm done, I think. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just, that, that's so, that is so it, you know, mm. that, that acceptance of what mm. is. There's nowhere... There's nowhere for the voices to go with that when we do, I mean, again, I go back to your original image, when we put it all at the feet of practice, Mm. that complete surrender, which really is a synonym, right, for accepting everything exactly as it is and discovering that that's actually everything in that acceptance. Mm. We receive all of it, which, as Asota said, doesn't necessarily mean it's all you know, butterflies in the field. No, no, no. But with that image... Yeah. That, you know, the, a butterfly is the perfect image for it mm. because it goes through a whole process. Mm. And from that step-back place, that whole process is beautiful. There's not a good part and a bad part and an ugly part and a wrong part and a right part. It's yeah. all beautiful. Right. And instead of, for me, I think what I'm experiencing is instead of being in a place of suffering over things, I just end up sitting in a place of, like, really tender compassion. Um and again, that place where it's like life is life aware, whatever is holding it all. Um, yeah, and I'm just, I think I'm just so grateful for like all these brave and beautiful souls that, you know, we're getting mm-hmm. to have this journey with. And, you know, I know that there have been times that I'm sitting on the cushion and it feels intolerable. And, you know, I, I can, I, I, there's like a presence with me, you know, and sometimes it's yeah. like names of people, right, who call in and mm-hmm. or Sherry or mm-hmm. and it's just like I'm not alone and um yeah. that is just that's it. That's it. That so it. thank you. Thank you yeah. to everybody. Yeah. Yeah. And mm. thank you, Lizo. Yeah, thank you so much. Go happy. Go happy. Thanks for joining you know, us. I, sorry, Michael, if I may there was that, there's a, the, the, I think we looked at it in one of our year-long um, assignments, right? The transformation is that we, that we look to a practice. 
it doesn't matter what what's going yeah. on. We take okay. refuge in the truth, the teachings of the Sangha. And, you know, that, yeah. the very act of doing that is an act of faith. Yeah. 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 Yes. Yeah, truly. And that that really, that actually is, it, I was hearing that in the conversation with Asota too, that that's a huge piece of the transformation that happens for us, is that when when something comes up, we're trained to turn to practice. That's the process that we have to turn to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is almost implicitly the faith in there's nothing wrong. That's an act of yeah. this of going beyond there's something wrong because I it's the it's an acceptance. I turn to the way in which I can be with it, not to what's wrong with it. Ah, wow, that's that's really big. That I what I just saw for myself when you said that was that turning to practice when it feels so real that there is something wrong, is that faith that, okay, I'm just not seeing it right now, but there's some way in which there's nothing wrong here. And by putting it at the feet of practice, we're opening ourselves to that larger perspective. To being with it. Yeah. Yeah. All right, ready for next caller? Ready for our next caller. Yes, thank you, Michael. Sure. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Gail in Arizona. Hi, Gail. Gail. Um, Well, just following on what you were saying is what dropped in was that phrase about surely God is in this place too. Mm -hmm. Of, uh, you know, how implicit faith and nothing wrong. Um, And that's that's basically what I was seeing uh, uh, today was I've been in a couple works several workshops in the last couple weeks, and you know that it it was a completely different experience than like 40 years ago. <laughs> it was there was always mm-hmm. practice. There was different ways to practice. There was I may not be there yet, but I know that there's uh, I will be, and there was always things to look at, <clears throat> and it was just like you were saying earlier, it's like you're grounded in something else and you're not lost in the uh, whitewater of the content like it Mm -hmm. used to be. Mm -hmm. Well, first may I say how much I appreciate how you started us off, Gail, because it's all a workshop. There Mm -hmm. again, right? We we get it that we're here to end suffering and everything in my life is an an opportunity to do that. So we didn't, you, you said it, it's all a workshop and we, and it's it's just amazing, right? That's how we we approach the content of our lives, mm-hmm. and and as the result of that, relating to it in that way, our experience is so much different from than it was before practice, because yeah. there is the grounding, there's a structure, there's we know a process. We were familiar with the process of suffering, and the patterns of having to having to do the work to go beyond it. Yeah. And so we know what it's about, right? We're not bewildered or lost in as you said, did you say noise? I, I, I don't know I don't know the term you used, but we're not <clears> lost. Oh, in the white water, like you're in a, a whitewater river and your boat yes. overturns and you're swept away. It's you know, it's yes. you're in white water but you're not swept away. You're you're in white water but you're not swept away. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes, and, and I happen to know that you um when you send in your um 
your donation to the monastery. You make us some really, really beautiful cards. And, it, <laughs> and I think the one that you sent us actually has that quote of Sherry in it, right? Mm-hmm. That if we yeah. stay with it, the lights will come on. Yeah. It was just so perfect. And we trust that process. So, yeah. Yeah. It just it jumped out like a quote. But one of the things I've seen, too, in the last couple of weeks is that there's a sense that keeps dropping in from the mentor that all of this is like none of our business. Uh-huh. The, yeah. the drama, yeah. the content, you know, living and dying, uh, getting sick, it's like, it's like not in our control. And But that's the phrase that keeps coming up. It's like, it's none of my business. It's just going to happen. Life's got it all. And my job is to just basically show up and live it, you know, and love it and enjoy it as best I can and work with it. Oh, absolutely. And and to, to, to be in, in that place where that truth can be something we see, right? Because that's mm-hmm. what mystics and sages of all time tell us. It is none of our business. It's the play of existence, and I get to witness it. Yeah. get to love it, enjoy it, be alive in it, and just say, gosh, mm-hmm. And from that place, there's a way to be life as life rather than be in suffering, which is not life and not fun. Yeah. Yeah. If you try to get entangled with life's business, you'll suffer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that's, a, that's a very good way. Uh, that's a lovely way of saying it, right? Yeah, we have that experience over and over again. There's a mm-hmm. certain point of view or a place to stand in relationship to life. We go past that place, they're suffering. If we don't go past that place, it's just what life, it's life's business and life's taking care of it, and I'm just watching it all. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it's like, oh, when you were ta- when you were just reflecting on what I suddenly saw is that, so I had a tendency in the past to try to rescue people and save them and, you know, get all entangled in their lives and offer advice when it wasn't asked and all that. And so I'm basically trying to take over other people's karma, right, and interfere with it. Well, it's not just other people, but it's like inter- trying to interfere with life's karma, you know, life's the unfolding. And so it's that entanglement that's, to refrain from is what I just suddenly saw. Mm-hmm. That's right. That we don't get a, we, that there is a um, there's a uh, we're, we're we're present to all of it, involved in all of it because there is no separation. But mm-hmm. whether or not it's ours to take action is yes. what becomes clearer and clearer to us as we as we work out our own salvation diligently. Exactly. Because life will say if this is. The, the, the doors open and Gail step through the door because I want you to be my instrument. Yeah, it's like, That's a very different place than being being manipulated by one's karma to do yeah. something like being helpful. Exactly. It's like listening and finally hearing accurately when life's calling you to do your part. Yes. And That's not, right. You know, and gladly step into whatever role that is. Sorry, go ahead. It's kind of like being on stage and you're trying to take over everybody else's lines and parts, you know, and be the protagonist. Uh-huh. Yeah, oh, what chaos. And, but uh-huh. if you just do your part, then the play goes perfectly. Yes, yeah. The play goes perfectly if you play your part. Mm-hmm. And that requires being so present to listen to when, you're being, when, you're, when your cue is, when, you're cue, when you get hear your cue, right? Yeah. And exactly. also to be so present not to say another person's lines. Mm-hmm. Because yep. it takes both. Yeah. Yeah. And, and be able to pl- do ad hoc if somebody screws up, you know, that synchronous, that uh, improv, to do improv. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. And all of it requires being really present. Yes. So thank you all. This has been a wonderful uh, practice for these many decades. Thank you, Gail. Thanks for joining us, Gail. Did you want to bring the next caller on, Jen? Yeah, I, I'm, I'm practicing restraint, Michael. That was such a delightful <laughs> conversation. I have like a hundred images dropping in right now. <laughs> so, but you know what? What I'm hearing from life is let's bring on the next caller. So that's, <laughs> I'm going to let life do that. <laughs> Great. Next caller. You are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Sharon calling. Um, Hi, Sharon. Sharon. You're a tiny bit faint. Am I? Okay, I'll just speak up. Yeah. Is that better? Is that better? Uh, a little bit. Are you on like a speakerphone or headset or something? I'm on my uh, my my Bluetooth. My Bluetooth. Okay. Well, I can I can hear you. So yeah, go for it. Let me try to turn up a little. Right. Oh, I can turn you up, actually. My volume wasn't all the way up, so there. That's good. Wow, yeah, well, that was a great recording by Sherry about, you know, taking mm. time to reflect on how different my life has been from being mm-hmm. involved in the, in the practice. And, you know, when I think about before, um, I just would feel bad, and I didn't know why, and I figured I had to figure it out and mm. do something about it. And now I'm aware that wow. um, that there's ego and that there's the voices and and um, and I don't have to get stuck in it. I think another thing that yeah. I always did was a lot of a lot of reviews, and I still find myself going to reviews um, after sure. every interaction, after every experience. I start I yep. driving home and I'm reviewing it, and 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 now I well, you're you're though you're not reviewing it, right? That's the key thing. Yeah. I mean, and because really, Sharon, if I can stop you right there, you already underlined so many of the crucial pieces of it. You didn't realize that you that there was suffering happening. I mean, obviously, you, you had a sense that there was suffering, but you didn't understand the process of it. And then once you started to catch on to that, it sounds like what you're saying is that the first go-to place was Okay, I got to figure that out, and I got to do something about that. And then you begin to you begin to catch on that that's a suffering process too. And so, really, over time, getting to train with, I mean, what what everyone's pointing at is, and then truly just being here, practicing to be present. Yeah, yeah, just practicing and knowing that it's a practice. That you know, and that that's my job is to, you know. This, you know, it's not going to be 100%. It's not going to be perfect. But it's, it's my job to practice that to the best of my ability. And, and, and that only the voice would have a conversation about, well, let's see, was that 100%? Was that good enough? Was that, because as everyone's been pointing at today, life doesn't keep score like that. Gosh, no. I mean, it's, you know, this is such an amazing practice, and I can just agree with and everything that has been said by everyone else. And, you know, to show up and, and listen to what other people have to say, and, you know, if I, if I get into the place of 
being them, you know. I show up and, you know, maybe they're not talking about my situation, but, you know, I can relate 100% if I put myself there. And I get, like, so much more out of it when I, when I do that. And, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, Sharon, yeah. mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm going to just interrupt you for one more second because I'm, I'm hearing from people that it's, it is really hard to hear you. Could oh. you maybe get off your headset and be straight on your phone? Okay. All right. I can just be straight on my computer. Try that. It's my computer that I think uh, is what – I don't know if I'm on – I don't think I'm on my phone. I'm on my computer. You're on your computer? Okay. Can you, can you hear me now? Um, yeah. All right. I'll reflect you. It's, it's not a lot louder, but it's a little louder. Yeah. Go ahead. All right. Well, I guess that's it for me. I can't see – so you were going to say the other thing you were seeing is very faintly, but I can't hear you anymore. So I don't know. Oh shoot. Hello. Do you want to try calling back in? Anyway, thank you very Michael, much. Michael, okay. All right, Karen. Well, thank you for that beginning part, and thank you for giving it a shot. And we'll we'll hope the technology works better next time. All right. Thanks, Sharon. Thanks for joining us, Sharon. And my queue is just restarting here for a second. So let me find Sharon. Okay. Great. All right. Ready for next caller, Ashwini? Yes, please. Thanks, Michael. You're welcome. Next caller, you are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Greta. I'm happy to be here. Hey, Greta. Hey, Greta. Hi. And um, I am calling in to say happy birthday to the guide and uh, to greet all of Sangha and just express my uh, deep gratitude for practice and all the years of the opportunities that have been provided. Thank yeah, you. It's, yeah, it's mm-hmm. just, as everyone has said, it's made a huge difference in life. And all I need to do is have an interaction with an external person to remind me how, you know, how much that is the case. So I am just deeply uh-huh. grateful and happy to be here. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. I guess what you're saying is that you're, you're having an interaction with someone actually brings puts you in touch with the extent to which you you have transformed through this practice and deep exactly. gratitude for that exactly uh-huh. exactly mm-hmm. and just all the ways in which um, those sorts of processes unfold in my day and how I can see that all uh, through the lens of practice mm-hmm. yeah so that many things happen during the day, and instead of just experiencing them as what happens, there's a way in which you could be with them from from a practice perspective, from the perspective of waking up. Right, right. And even if I, for whatever reason, am not always 
uh, right close to practice, that opportunity is always available to me. And it's just that turning of the attention and right, I don't have to suffer through this. I can just have, you know, I can have a present moment mm -hmm. experience instead. Mm -hmm. So the training shows up, right? Because you've practiced for a really long time. And even if you are not in, you're not participating in formal practice into uh, offering, there's a way in which the training kicks in. And so if there is a, an awareness of suffering, there's the use of the tool to turn the attention, to redirect the attention and um, bring to bear what you've trained with in the past. Right. Or in the present, I'm more like trained within the present. It's available to you. It's available. And um, just like life is available all the time if we turn our attention. So that's the, um, the amazing part of the whole experience and the source of such uh, deep gratitude. So thank mm -hmm. you so much. It's a source of deep gratitude that we know how to have an experience that is not suffering. Yeah, and I think if, if we didn't learn anything else, um, and um, that's it, and the opportunity to reflect on it on a specific day is uh, also an opportunity for gratitude. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. To have, uh, to have a day of reflection of the extent of the transformation is also something to be grateful for. Because otherwise, we don't, we don't actually touch into what we've received. Yeah, we would have no perspective on it. We would have no way to actually mm -hmm. see it without setting aside the moment for that. Yeah, so. well, thank God for recording and listening, huh? <laughs> thank God for practice, and thank you all mm -hmm. for bringing it to us every day. It's so uh, moving. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Greta. So happy. Thanks for joining us, Greta. And shall we move straight to the next caller? Jen? Yes, let's do, Michael. Thank you. Okay. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Kate calling from Seattle. Hi, Kate. Hey, Kate. We're getting all our Washington Hi. neighbors here. <laughs> I know, I love knowing that you're in the state here. It's so exciting. Um, well, I'm just all these conversations are washing over me, and I uh, am in just ecstatic agreement with everything. And um, what's been coming up for me is sort of as I've been reflecting over the years I've been involved is, um, well, the the gentleness, the simplicity, and the consistency of the teachings and the message, and just it's it's so wonderful to have a space that is so welcoming and so full of compassion, and um, that it just really allows. Like I felt like I've been able to just drop deeply into that and um and it also and then and I all, love oh, sorry. yes please go ahead. go ahead 
Well, I was, I was, was going to underline the simplicity. I love that, that you added simplicity into that equation. So, so welcoming, so compassionate, which, you know, we've been hearing from folks, and that the simplicity of the teaching doesn't mean it's easy, but it is simple. It is simple. And when you hear the same thing over and over and over again, and, you know, it, it and with all the different practice um, opportunities, you hear it in different ways and you get it at different times, but it's always the same thing and it just it's it's yeah. so supportive and so helpful. Yeah. 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 I mean Sherry's I've always heard her joke about, you know, I mean, she does the same thing, right? She every workshop mm-hmm. has a different title, but it's the same thing. It has been from the very start practice. And thank God for that. Because if it were complicated, I don't know what chance it would have. Because, right, conditioned mind is, has an unbelievable ability to make things seem complicated. So the fact that it is one message and given to us in this endless, myriad ways, different assignments, you know, look at it from this lens, look at it from that lens, you know, through this teaching, through that, but all the same message, it's, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah, that, that's absolutely incredible. And that's what's been really um, surprising me lately is, you know, uh, there can be the sort of thinking you know what it means. And then, you know, and it might be that way, someone said earlier, you know, for years, like you, you reach a level and then you're kind of there for a while. And then you hear the same thing in a different way and it opens up this whole new um, territory to explore and it's just yeah. so powerful and it is I think and my fun, right and so fun you know like so fun. like and what you're describing suddenly there you see something in a different way oh my gosh that's oh <laughs> oh that's it yeah. <laughs> oh, there it is yeah. yeah and I just I the message you know just that there is nothing wrong is just so um has been life-changing for me, like just to really get that. Yeah, yeah, to really get that. I, I feel like that is truly the, um, well, I was going to say unique, and it is unique, but it's now because, of, I think because of this practice, that work of going beyond self-hatred, of no self-hate, of nothing wrong, really has become much more out there in our culture. Um, but it feels like it really is the foundational gift of this particular practice, and it's, it's profound. It, it really completely leads us home to that authenticity and to experience, experience ourselves as we actually are. Yeah. I'm just I'm so grateful for all of it. So deep gusho. Yeah, gusho to you as well, Kate. Thank you for calling in tonight. Thank you. Thanks for joining us, Kate. And so, Michael, if I may, I was just thinking, yes. of, I was just reflecting on that conversation, and what dropped in is it's the it's the it's the paradox of one and all, right, Jen, Michael, that we we keep mm-hmm. talking about. It's just life is just it's just one thing, as as Sherry said. If it were all pink, we would know that experience, right? But it is. It's all pink. 
and yet it's it's in so many different forms. But the quality of the one is always helpful, always gentle, always patient, always kind, always always unconditionally loving. And so, especially in the recording, that was what I was hearing, that when we go beyond self-hate, what we arrive at is the unconditional. And the quality of the unconditional is the same. It's the same thing. There's no wonder that every religion, every spiritual tradition talks about the one thing in the same way. And so we have that experience. It's the same message. And yet, it's never just, it, it, it's expressed in its multiplicity, right? And so there's just the, there's the ability to experience life as life is, union and, and differentiation without it ever being dualistic. Yeah. Boy, and I just really saw when you were saying that, Shwani, that um, I remember, I think I'm getting this somewhere in the ballpark of accurate, <laughs> but um, Sherry talking about when she first had that realization, you know, long before she'd actually written the book, there was nothing wrong with you, but that realization that a huge piece and maybe the foundational thing that stops people from realizing true nature, however you want to say that, is this kind of, it's basically self-hate, is the, this belief, mm-hmm. I don't deserve it, you know, or I'm, you mm-hmm. know, whatever it is. And so what you said really illustrates why, how, I guess, the work of going beyond self-hate gives us, ultimately gives us access to pink, you know, to the, mm-hmm. the essence of all that is. Because like Kate was saying, you know, conditioning tries to make it hugely complex. I mean, you've got this problem with your partner, and you've got this, and this is wrong with you, and look at the world. Look at everything that's wrong with the world, and it's hard, and it's complicated, and there's no way you could ever, I mean, forget about it. You're never going to, but when you realize that that's all one process, and you have a way to train with it, what comes through is the essence of all that is that's been obscured by that something wrong process. Yeah. Yeah, it's beautifully uh, beautifully stated. Thank you for that, Jen. Well, um, so this is a two-part two-hour radio show. We thought we might take a break at this juncture for a little bit of good news. And um, Jen, we're going to do the good news update with you and me. And I think I'm going to ask you what the good news is. And perhaps the preamble to that is simply that in, in Jul- July 18, 2023, will be 40 years exactly since the since practice started formally, right? We just, we just saw that date somewhere. Am I, is that my... Recollecting it correctly? You, you are recollecting it absolutely correctly. And I will tell you where we found that, which is uh-huh. in a literally handwritten newsletter that was sent out to Sangha, apparently long before. I mean, you know, I was just a baby, right? No. <laughs> okay, not literally, but long before <laughs> I found practice. <laughs> long before I found practice. So a handwritten newsletter that was sent out to Sangha, and it was inviting people on the 18th of April, uh, sorry, the 18th of July, 1984. I had to Google it to find out what year it was because the year on the thing wasn't written. It was just the, you know, the newsletter, here's what's happening, blah, blah, blah. And so it was 
um, the 18th of July, 1984, people were being invited to the one-year anniversary of the center being established in Mountain View, California. And, and the reason that I bring that up, um, Jen, of course, is today's a milestone celebration of many, many milestones, as we mentioned. It's 40 years of practice, but it's also a, a tradition of um, appearances and disappearances, right? We had the Mountain View Zen Center, then the monastery, and in this, this July 18th, we will be in the middle of recreating, in the middle of summer of Anga, recreating another place of practice. And so there's a continuity here of lineage that we celebrate, <laughs> and, and also um, an incredible uh, way to connect with this practice and its, and its um, sort of various uh, incarnations in different places, but also with its essence, uh, essence and its focus on what, what practice, I mean, practice has never changed despite the various places it was reincarnated in. And so we, we continue that tradition in, in the summer of Sangha in July, 40 years later. Indeed. And I think that's, I mean, really just all those pieces that keep coming together feel so, um, I don't know, fun and inspiring. And so can I talk a little bit about kind of yes, the... Yes, please, of course. Materials? Mm-hmm. Okay. So one of the things that has happened over the years is various people have collected materials, like that, that newsletter that I'm talking about from literally 40 years ago. And so... All of that has made its way to me, um, and we have photographs. I mean, we have photographs of that very center that I'm talking about, and we have um, newsletters. We have accounts that people have written of their transformation in practice. We have, um, for years, we had a newsletter called In Our Practice, and then that moved to a different form of newsletters. and. So all of these materials that we have from many, many years of practice, and one of the things that's been so moving to read, a, read them and look at them and see them is exactly what you just said, Ashwini, which is to realize that the process of practice has always been the same. And so as we look through these materials, just realizing that, gosh, there's a, there's a whole um, lineage, I think, is a, is a much better word than history of our practice available to us. And for many of us, you know, we weren't there when many of these things happened. And so to get to hear about and learn about and read about and see the richness of this practice that has been there all along feels like it would be a great gift to all of us. And so we're endeavoring to begin to put that out to Sangha. Um, Mm -hmm. It's kind of still unfolding in some ways, um, but we have a commitment to begin to share that with people, some of that, that background lineage. Mm-hmm. And it, it's, it's, it is really a, I, I was just looking at it as you were talking, Jen, about um, it, it, it's like Zen stories, right? Because, because a Zen story illustrates the how of a practice and so the, the format that we want to offer this is not a documentary of a history of an evolution of a, a, of a practice as much 
uh, simply vignettes or moments of practice that came through a particular piece of content that illustrate and embody the teaching uh, that this practice is, right? It's very illustrative of practice. It might be experienced through a, a particular incident or event or by a particular person, but what it demonstrates is really the how, which is what this practice is about. And so to learn about how, how we're all interconnected as Sangha walking together um, is going to be such a wonderful, a wonderful experience, and we hope, we hope that that is something that we can also offer to everyone else as we, as we go through the material. Yes, indeed. And, and that connection that you just made at the beginning of this about the Summer of Sangha, which I think is one that, at least for me, I'm really just taking that in, just realizing that, that, oh my gosh, first of all, I hadn't done the math to realize, wow, the Summer of Sangha is literally going to be 40 years since the first Zen Center. And as I was looking at that Zen Center and realizing Oh, I found this other. I I shouldn't give it all away, right? Because these are the things that are going to come out. But one of the things that was so moving to me was this newsletter where that Sherry had clearly written on a typewriter <laughs> and sent out to Sangha, where she's making the point that this is amazing that we're transforming this physical thing into a beautiful place of practice. But what's really happening here is our own transformation in the process of doing the working meditation to make this into a home of practice. And what I was realizing in that is that, you know, it's like a sand mandala. That was one of the images that dropped in just today. You end up with this beautiful sand mandala, but the point of it is the process of it. And so here we are back at the beginning again, which is such a beautiful place to be in Zen with a property that's available for all of us to participate in person and create a home of practice. Mm-hmm. Yes, to, 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 to be the people who would write those newsletters that get found by the generation that comes, uh, comes after, right? We're 40 <laughs> right. years from now. That, that, we're, that we're generating, we're going to participate in its continuity. And the poignancy of, I think, the ability to, uh, to train with a guide at this point in the journey to create something again is such a con- it's, it's just an unbelievable place to be, right? I mean, to, that we're starting again at this point in the trajectory of practice and that all of us have the living, a living guide to, to still create that center together. Yeah. 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 Amen to that. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to quickly say that for people who have had the experience, and we hear about it sometimes from people, but to do, in particular, I would say, working meditation alongside the guide Mm -hmm. is, it's a training, it's a unique uh, way to train, and it's rich. There's so much that happens in Mm -hmm. that training process. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So why we what we we need to get back to the show, but I think the 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 good news is to watch out for another newsletter uh, that comes out probably once every couple of weeks, like all of our newsletters do, that um, has some nuggets from our lineage in the form of a Zen story that shares uh, the richness of this practice heritage that we are all part of, 
And of course, to, um, to just uh, invite folks, if you haven't already made plans, to join us for the summer of Sangha and um, visit this home that we're all going to be creating together. Thanks for that, Ashwani. All right. Thank you, Jen. And uh, let's get our next caller. All right. Next caller. You are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Kate from Australia. Hey, Kate. Hey, Kate. Hi, Kate. Hello. Hi. Um, <clears throat> so, I, when I listened to the recording sent out, and I did some recording and listening, um, and then we're just listening, I mean, I guess what I'm seeing is there was just, there's so many things that I could say about how this life has transformed from practice. And there were things I saw in recording and listening with the recording and then just in being on this call and everyone sharing things, it just feels like, well, like I'm kind of overwhelmed in what, what to what to share in all of that um, that has come up for me. Um, and I think, you know, I think one of the things that I'm seeing is kind of the, maybe it's the meta way each, what this practice, one, one thing this practice allows helps me to do or to be is just so very present in the moment in a way that even when asking, you know, to reflect back on 15 years or 10 years or of where I was and where I am, for me to be able to just go immediately to what's true right now in this very moment right in front of me and and to just be with and think from that place um, rather than being pulled into histories that don't exist anymore and futures that aren't here yet and and all of uh-huh. like all of that and the suffering that comes with that to just be what I'm experiencing right now, the presence with the people and things in my life right now, the ability to practice with that and to really see how, yeah, how life is unfolding um, in this very moment. Mm -hmm. And I'm able to do that um, Mm -hmm. because of practicing. Uh And so what I hear you saying, right, Kate, is there's such a, there's that place, to me, that place that you're pointing to, which is a place of overwhelm, is sort of the experience of being in the moment because it's all of it. The entirety of the present moment is my experience. And so it's very hard for a linear process like the mind to be able to sequence it or encompass it all. But I can have that experience of the totality of it. And that what you're pointing us to is in being invited to reflect on uh, on a trajectory of a life of practice, the place that you went to is the moment for the information rather than going to the conditioned narrative 
of memory and trying to work out a history of stuff that may or may not be true. But here I am in the moment, open with that intention, and life drops in everything that needs to be said about it. And there's the transformation, right? Because what this practice essentially asks us to do is to eschew attention on conditioned mind and turn attention to life. And in the invitation of the reflection, that's what you did and that's what you could do and that's what you appreciate about how you've changed. Mm. Yeah, exactly. So well reflected there. And what dropped in while you were talking was how that that idea, I don't know how it's said, but I know it's said in practice somehow, of kind of there, e- there is nothing except the present moment. And all, so all of that history and all of whatever the future is, it, it all exists right now in this present moment. That is all true or, or not. It's all right now. And that the, when you were talking, what, it, what dropped in was this idea of being, when I was trying to reflect on like the history, you know, things came up about a history of anxiety or experiencing anxiety or whatever that is. And, and just being like, okay, what is that right now in this moment and how I can watch those feelings come up and I can see that and I, I know what that experience is and that being in that and I can, you know, I can kind of name that and work through that and be with that. And that is everything everywhere all at once. That, that that's, it's all right here in the present moment. That experience or that experience of gratitude or that experience of any number of things that Sangha members have shared is all available and that yeah i'm not being very articulate with it but that's well you're the sum total of everything that has gone towards you know i I, i'm butchering that phrase but we say right you are the sum total of everything that uh went before in order for you to arrive at this moment in which case there is nothing but this moment which is the totality of everything in the moment and we can have that entire experience the experience of anxiety, the experience of gratitude, the experience of being able to see the anxiety and work with it, it's all happening right now. But it's the point of reference, I think, that is the power of what, what the reflection produced, right? That there is a way to be in life connected to the reality of existence that's moment by moment, that contains all of life in every moment and all of, your, all of you in every moment that is life. And to be able to reference that, that's spiritual practice, right? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. And it's just grounded in such very everyday what I'm doing, what I'm, you know, it's just very, it's not, you know, esoteric. I mean, it is, it's a very complex kind of idea or what do I want to say? It's a very big, it's a really big idea but it's grounded in just the very fabric of everyday life experience. Yes, it is. It, it isn't it? It's, it's, it's like the, the ability to experience at what, what is at the cosmological level in washing dishes. Mm. <coughs> yes. yes. Or being with little people. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Oh, it's lovely to have so, him yeah. on the show. Yeah, he's listening in. Um, 
So thank you. Yeah, thank you. I'm just overwhelmed with how how much gratitude there is to have that experience and, and awareness um, in this moment. So, yeah, for, for all thank of this, a lot of gratitude. Gosh, thank you. Gosh, Thanks for joining us, Kate. And we have another caller here. All right. Thanks, Michael. Hi, Next Jen. Next caller. Lu- Hi. Sure. <laughs> it's sure. Lucinda. Hey, Lucinda. Hi, Jen. Um, let's see. I um, A friend asked me, a couple days ago, what I would define as home. And, you know, for a couple days I've been sort of thinking about that and also at the same time thinking about, the re- you know, the recording we listened to and, and um, coming on open air tonight. And what it feels like is the transformation I've seen, and I've had some intense workshops since I started practice, I've seen that home is everything. It's, and it's a, felt, it's a felt experience. It's not like it's right there all the time, <laughs> but... It's um, it's undeniable and it's consistent in the sense that um, when I bring my awareness, that I'm a, that I'm aware that there's something to bring my awareness to, <laughs> and that it never fails when I do that. So coming to the present moment has never failed to bring me home. It reminds me kind of it as of um, that thou art, you know. Uh-huh. Yep. <laughs> the, yeah, but the but the how how tangible it is and how mm-hmm. um, it, oh, it's like w- when I used to. Um, experience a challenge or a workshop in life, I'd find myself spinning my wheels for a long time and going around and around the same physical sensations, the same thoughts attached. And it was like I had to wait. I used to time it. And it was two days after something you know, had happened before I recognized myself again as, as uh-huh. you know, somewhat grounded or whatever. <laughs> and Which is still a remarkably short period of time, I will say. Well, uh, thank right? you. <laughs> Given how, how long is conditioned humans. I mean, right? Yeah. I mean, at least for me, I can remember when that two days was at least two months, if not two years. Right. You know, even for yeah. a few things, throw in decades there. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. And and the biggest workshop was having cancer, and that was mm. um, that was what I found was you know just the, the most intense fear because I I'm doctor phobic 
<laughs> the most intense fear, like so refined and 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 um, specific to where I would feel it, you know, most overwhelmingly. <laughs> and finally, it came to me to, you know, drop the story and wow. to and to come wow. back and I wow. had some tolerance level for how much fear I could manage or not manage I could experience like my body and my mind were mm. just flying everywhere yeah and uh -huh. and and then it then came practice and then I yeah. I went oh my Mm. Uh, it's so I mean, it is so powerful. And that piece of the conversation, that's where, you know, dropping, you got to the place where you could drop that conversation. That's mm -hmm. the miracle. I mean, back to the simplicity we were talking about a little while ago. It's not easy at all, especially when something really compelling comes up that pushes exactly the button that's, you know, so... You're Dr. Fulbeck and you get a diagnosis of cancer. All right, here we have ourselves a perfect storm, right? <laughs> this is going to push you up against it completely. And mm -hmm. to get to the place of being able to drop, see that the, the suffering, the only suffering in it is the conversation, being yes. able to train to drop that. Oh, wow. it was just, and I had taken the how you do anything is how you do everything workshop like a year before or two years before and even at that it took me a couple of months like you were saying <laughs> yeah, light, still light it, yours yes <laughs> yes uh, before it occurred to me you know in a way that I could truly experience to um, stop the not participate in the conversation. Yeah. So yes, exactly. I, not participate in the conversation. Because you know, when you were saying that thing about home, which is also so powerful, everything is home. And then you were talking about the conversation. What dropped in is home is where the conversation isn't. Yes. <laughs> but you know, you just added that a piece that's even more accurate because it's not that. You know, then we could get into a, well, if there's a conversation happening, then I'm not home and I'm not present and that's not. But that's not it. It's the participation piece. That's mm -hmm. what we can train to withdraw. In some cases, when we really catch on to, you know, training to drop the conversation, the conversation will, will up its game. You know, it'll really come at us. And that doesn't mean that there's something wrong and that I, you know, I'm doing something wrong and I'm not the right practitioner and I'm not at home. It just means I can train with that. The conversation doesn't have to leave. I withdraw my participation. That's the practice with. That is such a fine point. Absolutely. Yes. I'm so grateful. Thank you. And thank yeah. you, Sangha. Oh, boy. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> thank you. Thank you, Thank you. Bye-bye. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, Lucinda. And oh, ready for the next call?
Yes, Michael, if I may just underline that last uh, point that we withdraw participation. We lose interest in it. It may or may not ever go away, but we start participating. What, what a thing to get. Indeed. Uh, yeah. You know, I was just thinking, Ashwini, as you were saying, well, as Lucinda was talking and as you are talking too, that I think that's one of the, um, when I first came to practice, the thing that so drew me was the, um, what's the word I would, I would describe? Um, how real the guide of this practice was, how funny and how, transparent with um, her own practice. And I think that's, that's been a huge piece of it, is just really seeing that it all still happens. You know, things move through, the voices try what they try, but we can train to not, to withdraw our participation from it. We don't mm -hmm. have to believe it. Yeah. 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 And that's really real, right? The... the the, the, I think what you're pointing to is when we encounter something that is so authentic that what doesn't deny how life is and what shows us how to be with it, we're complete, the authenticity that is us response in relief, in gratitude. In, in relief. Uh, that is the first piece. In relief. Yes. Yeah. It really is. That relief of, oh, it's not, it has nothing to do with me that this happens inside of me. It has nothing to do with me. It happens for everyone. It's just a process that happens. And we can, with, we can train to withdraw our participation. You know, here's, here's yeah. someone who has done that in their life, who has mm -hmm. been through mm -hmm. as hard as it gets and has come through mm -hmm. the other side with this realization that we don't have to live mm -hmm. our lives that way. Yeah. Lord. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the only response to that is Dasho and take the next caller. All right. Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, this is Anna in Ohio. Hey, Anna. Anna. Hi, happy International Day of No Self-Hate. This is so beautiful. <laughs> Thank you. It's so beautiful. You know, just before the call started, the sun came out, and the sun hasn't been out for a few days. And it was, there's such a sense of, like, life celebrating. You know, just such a sense of party mm -hmm. in the air. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's so yes. beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and um, the way I want to express gratitude is to... Talk about how I've been so called to really up my game in going beyond self-hate recently. Um, thanks to the bodhisattvas that I work with every day um, in the classroom. So these uh, college students who I project are very, very mild self-hate and are kind of lobbing it in my direction, right? Kind of arrows of hatred and rolling eyes and like that. And so... Um, there was a recording, well, there was a, a little segment in the year-long show about a month ago where Sherry was talking about that experience of driving back 
from a workshop that she'd given when she was in the monastery where she trained, where it was a requirement that she did that. And the way she described it was that um, it was hideous and, you know, every um, possible insult um, imaginable was being thrown at her by self-hate internally. And she saw it and she said no. Um, and in on that year-long call, she was, the guide was talking about, you know, you do not have to be in relationship with it. It is never going to make you a better person. It has nothing to do with you. And I've been listening to those three or four minutes just over and over and over, like hundreds of times now, <laughs> um, in this training of upping my game, where I'm in that situation, I'm in that workshop, in the classroom, and um, practicing to stay in relationship with I do not need to be in relationship with this. It has nothing to do with me. And um, what I'm experiencing is, because I'm, I'm listening to that recording at all different times a day, it's really revealing how much um, self-hate it can be without me having been conscious of it. So it can be like, you know, just, you know, those like, <laughs> those like wafts of feeling bad of, you know, you got up too late, you got up too early, you slept too much, you didn't sleep enough, you did too much exercise, you didn't do enough exercise, you like that, right? Just all through the all through the day. And so to to have that recording constantly, um to be revealing all of that self hate has been so powerful. And there's another little piece that goes with it, which is um a piece of guidance occurred to me that Sherry gave to me years and years ago. I was at the monastery and I missed the 7.30 sit. I slept through part of it and, you know, slept through the morning bells and then <clears throat> sat outside for part of the sit outside the meditation hall and I was communicating this to the guide and, you know, getting into this whole big thing about, you know, like the story of what happened basically, right? Um, and what the guide offered in response was something like, you know, Anna, we can get lost in content for a lifetime. And and that just came back to me the other day. And this is years and years and years ago. And it seems to be coming together with the going beyond the self-hate intensive training right now, which is that that relationship between self-hate and content. Because self-hate is, you know, talking to me about content all the time, right, and how I'm doing everything wrong. And there's something even more than that, which is about, like, not, like, I am not content. Like, so there's the self-hate relating to this me as content constantly, constantly, constantly. And, and my life isn't content. The human being is not content, right? And so what I experienced today was that what was possible was instead of being, you know, identified with that ego relating to self-hate and the self-hate lobbing stuff at the ego, <laughs> I was just in relationship with a human being, you know, like the, you know, the tickling, mm. Uh, each other while making dinner and and the day was not you know it was not Disney movie content it was you know mailing taxes and standing in a long line at the post office and being in these in these classrooms and these intense workshops and yet it was a Disney movie experience of a day it was a Disney movie process because of the level of resolve and the level of commitment to no self-hate that uh, you know allows for that just relating with with a human being. Wow. Wow. And that is the work of going beyond self-hate. 
Right, and I mean, we, yeah. we what what we learn is there is self-hate, and that what what is the experience of relating to it, whether it's internal or external, it still it still yeah. is what the human is being subject subject to all the time, yeah. and so there is the ability if we if we practice if we take the guidance to heart that if 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 the first piece of guidance I mean all over, right? The, but the, the guidance simply being that we're not required to suffer. We're not required to give it yes. any of our attention. And we could get yes. lost in content for a lifetime. Really, really yes. is a concrete um, handle of how to work with it, right? So what you got to in practicing with that and practicing with that in that very specific way we practice with it, which is to put on the recorder and listen to it, over and over again until it becomes my experience in the marrow of my bones, is that when I do that, when I practice with that level of sincerity and that level of intensity, I do have the outcome of the process of practice, which is mm-hmm. I realize that I'm not content. Mm-hmm. The authenticity mm-hmm. that is living this existence has nothing, as Gail said, it has nothing, it's not, it's not my business. <laughs> Right? Yeah. You know, I'm yep. students or uh, long lines at post offices and taxes to be mailed. If the attention is with the human incarnation, what we're in touch with is the, the proper alignment of the attention on awareness. Here's that experience of being able to be in pure process. And pure process is, 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 an, is an awareness of I'm not about content. I'm not even anything that self-hate has nothing to do with me. Yes. Yes, and I don't need to attempt to rearrange or manage the content in order to try and make the self-hate stop. <laughs> yes, I do. Oh, that's so important. I do not have to manage or rearrange the content in order to make the self-hate stop because you made the point that the self-hate feeds on the content. And the content feeds self-hate. We're in a losing proposition if we give it any attention because we're just drawn into that black hole. But to, to work, to, we have to practice the way you're practicing to get that, right? To really, really get. It's content has nothing to do with me. I'm not content. Self-hate nothing to do with me. I'm not self-hate. And so what is, my, what is the experience of living that is not that. Mm. That becomes yeah. the focus of my practice and my attention. Yes. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And boy, do we need patience and perseverance, right? Because as we had yes. in one of our earlier calls, it's it's it takes it is a way of transformation. We are in the crucible till we aren't. And there's nothing we can do about that. Mm. Mm. And we have to hold that as perfection. What a task. Mm. Yeah. And the perfection and the gratitude to be able to have this perspective to say thank you for these bodhisattvas. (laughs) Thank Mm. you for this situation. Right. Yes, 
every yes, bit of the workshop. Yes, because you have to be in a perspective of how life is with all of us, right? I mean, I just imagine Mother yeah. Earth sitting there uh, looking at all of these ways we're with, with them. With, if we have to make a projection of that, right? Life's infinite patience for every form of life doing whatever, whatever it is doing, <laughs> right? Yeah. Bad, good, wrong, whatever, right? Everything. And so to be in the perspective where I can see the eye roll and the self-hate being projected as a function of the self-hating process, not going to that in me, but to stay in the compassion yeah. that can see it all and hold it all yes. and know there's nothing wrong and go even beyond there's nothing wrong to gratitude for the workshop. Right. And not be in separation because I know exactly what it's like to be so taken over oh my God. that you want to yeah. just love those arrows and roll those eyes and huff and course. Mm. Well, and it's the, the life of the Dhammapada, right? That hatred never deals hatred, only love yes, deals exactly. hatred. And so we practice yep. and practice and practice that no matter what comes at us, internal or external, the experience that I'm having is one of love. Yes. Mm. Yep. That's the practice. That's the aspiration. That's what I'm getting up for every day. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, it's well, just that deep back. Um, yeah, it's, it's a good thing that, that thou art, it has infinite capacity and, and the human incarnation can get to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and only ego gets exhausted. Yes. So yes. That, that's oh it. my that God. Works in our favor. Yeah. Yes. 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 Oh well, just such deep bows all round, and um, mm. yeah, it's so wonderful to be here tonight. Thank you, Anna. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye. Thanks for joining us, Anna. And I'll just say briefly, Michael, before we move on, I love that Anna brought that parable. That's one of my favorites, too, of Sherry describing coming back early in her facilitation and make, planting that flag and getting it. This is a process. This is a process of self-hate and no. And so many people have pointed to that on this call, and I feel like, you know, that piece that Anna said of listening to that little snippet of the radio show hundreds of times. So there's you know, Sherry early on in facilitation, being willing to train, like to do what it takes to get out of that conversation. And there's Anna hearing Sherry pass that down, and now she's doing that, and now we're all listening to Anna and taking inspiration from that. And, I mean, there you have it. There's a history project in action, Jen. Right? Exactly. That's... That's the lineage of our practice right there (laughs) on a very day-by-day thing. You know, every day, you know, as someone said before, it's not esoteric. It's very practical. It's very right here, right now. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Michael. Ready. Okay. (laughs) Next caller, you are now live on the air, and would you please introduce yourself? Hi, Jen, Ashwini, and Michael. It's Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Hey, Tracy. Hi. Oh, I'm so happy to be unmuted. <laughs> um, and 
Yeah, just listening to the last conversation, you know, struck by, you know, how Anna was practicing with the, you know, that little snippet. And it just what flashed in for me is how through, like, each day there's snippets that drop in from practice um, or, like, recording, you know, on shuffle or it just feels like the ripple effect of sangha is, like I, it's, I just wanted to um, just, I just wanted to just say that that was what was alive for me just right after that of like we don't even hear so often about how much practice and sangha has an effect, um, but how available things are to us when we keep showing up and it might be not be something that or I just it feels like we have this bank of of yeah. teachings and guidance and and then when we need it that little snippet drops in and that's just so beautiful Isn't that incredible it is so beautiful it really is um i think we've talked about this in places but years ago when you talking about parking things in awareness right there's a small yeah. mind tries to remember all of it right write it all down and oh that's good and that's good and okay put it you know remember it and <laughs> But awareness is taking it all in. And so then there we are going along, you know, whatever's happening, and just something, some snippet drops in. And that's exactly what we need in that moment. It really is. And I just wanted to comment on two things. Um, One, like I listened to that recording so many times, and there's just so much around, you know, how practice has transformed this being and you know when I came to practice the very for the first time I was at the monastery for there's nothing wrong with you retreat and a little over 20 years ago it was the first time that I you know was reflected in a way that it felt safe to have my own experience Mm -hmm. and and going through life where you're just looking outside to get mirrored on how you are and having no sense of your own experiences is, is where I started. And mm. it's, it's, yeah, and of course you can just well, imagine the level of suffering there. That Sure. Um, I mean, that's profound, Tracy, right? The way you describe that that for the first time, feeling safe enough to get to have your own experience. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and just in addition to, you know, the there's nothing wrong work and, 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 you know, what the guide has created in terms of, you know, having the Zen Monastery Peace Center in California and, and even what was available or what remains available with an awareness of how the guy, how the monks embodied the practice. Um, you know, there was a instance right after that, my first workshop where I was at a bridge walk and I remember walking behind a monk and, and just projecting this ease of, you know, a way of being and, you know, some things that happened and, and there was just so much ease. And, 
And not knowing that that's what I'm, quote, unquote, looking for or anything, but it's just like all these steps in practice that what was created was a possibility. And it wasn't even a possibility that was, was an awareness that was like, was even something that was possible. <laughs> it's like I didn't even know that's what I wanted, right. but... Um, yeah, but it just like the but when you practice thought, structure, it yeah, the practice structure yeah. created, yeah. you know, within so many ways, just the schedule and the way things were cooked and the cleanliness of the, um, you know, the meditation hall and and there was just such resonance of it just felt home. Well, and you know, that's. Tracy, when you say that, it just reminds me of that that piece of it is another gift, it feels like, of our lineage, of this practice, which is the structures of it. And in particular, Mm -hmm. the privileged environment, which, you know, at the monastery took a very, very particular form. We were in silence, except for during workshops and that sort of thing. But the spirit of that, the privileged environment, that we're not personal, that we're not social, that we come together in this very particular, I don't know, sacred just is the word that just came up for me, way, I think is one of the great gifts that draws people to this particular practice and this sangha is that, you know, it's very, it's big what we're doing. People have been pointing at that um, throughout this, this call. And so to be able to come together, it's back to your safety thing to come to a place where you can be mirrored and be exactly who you are and have your experience is very profound. Yeah. Yeah, and and hearing that, I just had an opportunity a week or so ago. I was on a trip, and it was something that was pretty physically challenging, and I could notice, you know, fear coming in, like fear underestimating, you know, the training I had done and... The, you know the layering system I brought, and you know, and and to be able to to notice it and go, oh, <laughs> I know exactly what that is. Yeah, I know and what that I'm is. <laughs> right, and and then you know, Huge. again before practice, I would have looked to everyone else and like, oh my God, am I doing the right thing? Or oh, what do you think? Yeah. And um, but to be able, and and I'll tell you those the the audio recordings. I just I don't want to leave this call without acknowledging and this is how it's clear up the generosity of this practice. Yeah. I mean that we have the audio books and the um yeah. just the practice mm-hmm. supports that they are. I listened on and off to There's Nothing Wrong With You Today in, in celebration of this International Day of No Self Hate and it's like a handbook and, and, and just the way that share like when I read it myself I could get that, you know, I'd be like, Oh yeah, that's me. Oh yeah, that's me. But there's something about Sherry reading it where you can really see, oh, this is universal. And so when I notice it, I'm like, oh, there it is. Like, you know, we're not going there. It's and universal. It's universal. Tracy, let me just for one, one second. Ahead. Are you hearing some background noise as we're talking? I'm not. You're not? Okay. No, I have background no background noise, noise except for... Definitely. Some wind, maybe. Okay. I, I'm in, inside, though. Oh, maybe that's it. Yeah. Well, I just, that is so, yes. Again, to all of that, um, first of all, the audio recordings, 
and in the guide's voice. You know, that takes me to what Ashwini was saying about the working meditation, that we still have the opportunity to work alongside the guide and that we had the opportunity to record those audio books with the guide recording them. Yes, and the handbook piece, I never really, I mean, that's very obvious, but I never thought about it that way, Tracy, that the There Is Nothing Wrong With You book is a handbook. It's the how-to um, of everything we're talking about. Um, it really is, and it was just so interesting. I um, A friend just stopped by my house today, and I had... Um, you know, told him about the There's Nothing Wrong audiobook. And just, you know, just, again, just such a life surprise. He just said, oh, my God, I've listened to it four times. <laughs> he said, oh, I, I just it. ordered a copy for my coworker who's struggling with so help. So it's like in hearing that, I thought, like, oh, what a gift. You know, and just this is being offered so generously. And, you know, we get to, we get to offer it. And then, you know, those people get to offer it. And... It's just the, 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 I don't know what the word is, but, you know, the V or the ripple effect, like, we'll never know. And never know. all I know is the change that has happened with, within me. And, and it yeah. just, it reminds me of that hearing that not being a social release and just noticing yeah. that there's times I'll be like, oh, I need something or, and I'd be like, no, what I need is to like check in, check in right now and what's going on. And, exactly. Come and back here. It, yep. Exactly. And it's just such a beautiful way to be. And it, I, it just makes, it takes the pressure off of everything. And, and then you can really enjoy just the, how exquisite and miraculous that life does unfold. Because I do, I just think that half my life I miss that. And the other half, you know, I'm just getting to chip away and really being able to receive just the extraordinary gift that and miracle that life is. And so I'm just so grateful. And um, Me too. Me too. Yeah. Well, thank you, Tracy. Thanks for chiming thank in Thank you. Today. Thank you. This call's been so lovely. Go happy. Thanks. Go happy. <laughs> Thanks for joining us, Tracy. And Ashwini, and Ashwini do you have time? I know, Michael, we yes. have time for one more caller. I just really quickly have to say, because it's another hallmark, I feel like, of this practice is the generosity that Tracy was just mm-hmm. pointing out. And the thing, if I, how many times have I heard Sherry say, if we could just bottle that up and give it away on every street corner, mm-hmm. <laughs> but that... that um, Generous impulse. I think about it with the audiobooks. Just wanting to get it out there. Just put the message out there. I feel like that's such mm-hmm. another big piece of our practice. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. 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 All right. Next caller. You are now live on the air. And would you please introduce yourself? This is Phil. Hey, Phil. Phil. Hi. Oh, I'm just sitting here being so happy. And um, I just want to say this call has been such a tribute to the guide. I mean, and all that it just shows it's like a a big combination or a collection of everything she's worked so hard for is how we as students have... um, 
taken to this practice. Mm. Oh, uh, Phil, I have tears in my eyes as you say that because it is the greatest gift, right? I mean, it, it, it is. It's sort of like, it, as you just said, and it's just so lovely to have you wrap the show up for us because you've been there from the very beginning. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, right? And here it is. We're sitting yeah. here being happy. And every We're sitting here person being who happy. Get on the call, on the call, and everyone who hasn't been on the call but is here with us, that is it, right? We do. We've we've received this practice. We've worked on the on the teaching. We've taken what the guide has um, for generals to be offered. This practice and the transformation has happened. And we should say that back. That's the only way we could say it back. That is. It is. It's the only way. Mm-hmm. And um, it's just so so wonderful. I mean, it just feels so much like, you know, I, with the words that came through my head, I don't know why, but it's just something like, um, you know, the uh, there's nothing more, like there's nothing more miraculous than the one. And there's nothing more precious than now. And I feel like that's the gift that I've gotten from this uh this practice and it's like the practice you know found me and nurtured me and and just um I speak of transformation <laughs> i mean i was a scrubby kid in the street you could say from at one point and you know and just uh um feel like i'm not flying now uh-huh yeah, there's nothing more miraculous than one, and there's nothing more precious than the now. And that's the gift of yeah. practice. It's the gift of what we're offered as an experience, and it's be- beautiful how you state the process, right? So, I mean, we're lost, but we're not really, because what, what we're seeking finds us, and what we're seeking draws us to what we are seeking to find. And then, yes, through the work of the practice, everything that's the barrier falls away, and there we are encountering ourselves. That's right. And the whole thing, you know, as, as someone said, you know, uh, we always say, what we say is, you know, hinges on acceptance. But the other thing is getting that realization because it's all there already. Mm-hmm. And then yeah. we just need to practice and practice and, and realize it. And then it, like, becomes clear. Yes. Yes. That it's not that we're... we're that, um, it's always there, and so our job is to realize it. That's why we practice. Yeah, it is. I, I just one more thing. I remember early, early, early on. I mean, I was uh, really young, and um, but I was, um, you know, already a spiritual person in that sense. You know, I was practicing uh, being a spiritual person, and um, I read somewhere where, oh, so here's what you. To do you know you just have to be present and I remember practicing that whole day being present or trying to be present mm-hmm. and I had no idea at the end of the day what presence was or what I was doing or anything about it and um, and yet life knew that was my heart's desire and that's why you know this practice appeared and I had the this wonderful father and guide and I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's absolutely amazing, and I would like also to say happy birthday to uh, uh-huh. Harry on this uh, mm-hmm. August 
occasion. So thank you, Bo. Uh, and I, if I may echo what you just said, is that you knew you wanted to be present. You didn't know how to how what that was or what you what what that looked like, but you knew that that was what you wanted. That the heart's desire, and then the practice found you, and now you could do that. You could be that. You you would know yes. what that is. Yeah, we've and, been and given other, everything. We end, we've been given everything, and I think mm-hmm. that, that that when you started us off as a tribute to the guide, I think that place of um, the the happiness is uh, you know the recognition that that to have the experience you're having, to have the experience that every one of us is sharing on this show, is mm-hmm. what Cherry has wanted for each and every one of us, and for us yes. to have that experience and talk about it is the greatest way to, to say thank you. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, with that. much gratitude. <laughs> thank you so Happy much. Birthday. <laughs> yes, Happy birthday. Happy International Day of No Association. Yes. Yes. Thanks for and joining you know, us. And you know, as many as I... Sorry, Michael. <laughs> no, um, that is a absolute perfect full circle right there because... That's where the idea of the International Day of No Self-Hate came from, is that it's the guide's birthday. I mean, this was years ago now. The guide's birthday, well, first of all, what do you get someone who doesn't need anything, <laughs> right? Who's completely, who gets it, that, uh-huh. <laughs> that all of, was what, I, was it Lucinda who was saying, you know, home is, is everything. And... So what do you get someone for, for her birthday who has that orientation to life? And then the thing that I think Sherry always quotes her teacher is saying, practice is a debt that can only be repaid with the same coin. So our gift of gratitude is our commitment to live beyond self-hatred. That's, that's our gift. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm both what we receive and what we give, what we offer back. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Do the practice. Exactly. Mm. Well, I see that we are at the top of the hour, Jen. So, Jen, Michael, everybody, amazing. thank you. Thank you for an amazing two hours. Mm. Thank you, Ashwini. Thank you, Michael. And Gasho to, as everyone said, to the practice, to the Sangha, and to the guide on this day. Mm-hmm. Yes. Go happy. Yes. Thank you. Go happy. Go happy.